We're getting back in the saddle, so to speak. It's been a step-by-step process, and I'm learning that it's testing my patience, which is, after all, life. We will be tested. The Bible says that we will be tested. Our faith will be tested. And some of the hardest times of testing is when we're when we want to fix things. We want to when we want to make something happen. And God is saying to us to look to you, look to him, look look not to yourself. He is the provider. He is the strength. So early on in this this episode the breaking the, the thing I guess in the first couple of weeks but I really didn't have a care in the world, so to speak, about uh, trying to keep going as I was. It's kind of an interesting situation because you, you can actually let things go and just believe God. You know, my wife is capable and has been helping uh, line up special speakers and so forth. So thank you, Carrie, for uh, all that you've done. And others have stepped up and stepped in and to help make uh, uh, things keep going. Isn't it interesting how life can go on without you? I'm, I'm speaking to myself, which is kind of can be kind of a downer, but in in a way, uh, it can be a good thing. It's a good sign if the church can keep going on with the without the pastor, so to speak, at least for a season. It's wonderful to know that it's not about you. This is God's church. We don't own anything. If we belong to the Lord, we become a part of his family. And now, because you're a part of his family, you are cared for. He has plans for you as his son or daughter. He has great vision for you, great dreams. You see, let me back up. I'm I'm the youngest of seven kids. And my mom prayed that one of her kids would become a pastor. Down to the last wire. (laughs) Kicking and screaming a bit. I remember yielding to that a little by little. Lord, I'll go to Bible school, but I'm not sure. I'll try this. I'll step out. And I begin to take small steps toward the ministry preparation. But when you hang around people who love God and people who encourage you, when I couldn't see something in myself, and one of the instructors said to me, just, you'll be a pastor. He was so confident. How do you know? But there's another side of this story. You have to know you're cold. And see, I had a home pastor growing up in the years, in my formative years, when I was a young boy, up just before I became a teenager. Some of you know Don Norman, and Dwayne remembers Don. It was at a fellowship meeting, 
And I was attending fellowship meetings a lot in those days because there was someone that I liked to see, which happened to become my wife. But we had, we had wonderful fellowship meetings back in the day, remember Kelvin and Elaine, my father-in-law and my mother-in-law here today. And it was at a fellowship meeting in Pillager, a little small church where my home pastor got up and he was on stage and he was leading that portion of the service and he had this word. He had a word from the Lord for someone. He said, someone, God is calling someone here to preach. And oh boy, I was already feeling the call. And I'm about the youngest, perhaps one of the youngest that was there that night. And after that service, I just got on my face before God and prayed and wept. But my pastor came over to me. He he would give those bear hugs. And then he would pray. And he'd prophesy oftentimes right in your ear so you could hear him. And I remember many of the words yet today. And I will lead you to the highways and the byways. And that you will, I will put my words into your mouth. And I will use your instruments. That was part of the prophecy. And so back in the day, we started out preparing for ministry. Getting married was part of the, part of the process, part of the, part of the being able to have a wife of like-mindedness. And we are a team. God has called Carrie just as much as he's called me. And so what I'm leading up to is that God has a vision for you and I. We talked about an appointed moment in Sunday school class when God appointed the fish to swallow up Jonah. Long story short, Jonah finally rallied, but was he really repentant? We've been talking about that. See, God knows your heart more than you even know your heart. And God understands your pain and your, your, what you're concerned about more than you could ever understand today. See, our God is a father who knows his children by name. And he knows your personality. He knows all the things that you are interested in and how you're made up. And will you will work, will you will fit in the best. And he orchestrates and he's working by his Holy Spirit today to bring you and I to a place that we can be more effective and more like Jesus so I got to thinking, I've been wearing this sandal here, you know, the thing with the leg thing and the swelling thing. So I got to thinking to come to me. Maybe it could be more like Jesus if I wear these sandals. That's not the way it works. But can we make this simple? What is the most important thing about life? Is that I might know him. That I might recognize his voice. That I might sense when he comes near. And then I might say yes 
when he asks me to go? Will I be willing to lay down what is of my interest? And oftentimes, I'm going to get to the family here in just a bit. Oftentimes, parents have one of the hardest jobs, parenting, caring for. And let me just say, you never stop being a parent, right? Grandparents? Yep. How many got great-grandkids? How many got great-great-grandkids? I think you'll make it. They're all great, right? And it sounds so simple. You know, reread a verse. Proverbs 22, 6. Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old. He will not depart from it. What does that look like? Deuteronomy describes that when we sit down in our houses, speaking to the Old Testament folks, when you sit in your houses, when you walk along the way, talk to your children about what? The things of God. Talk about the miracles. Talk about what God has done for the nation of Israel. But here, let's fast forward it. Speed it up a bit. You as a parent, as a believer, talk about your own story. Talk to your kids about what, what, what made you passionate about God. What is it that, you see, it comes down to this. Our parents... If you were blessed with Christian parents, and some of us didn't have that blessing. Some of us weren't privileged. Some of us perhaps grew up in a rough situation. It's not easy. There's a lot of work to be done. But God the Father ultimately is the Heavenly Father, the parent, the one who knows you best of all. And the one who can bring a healing that none other like can bring a healing where there's a hurt and a pain that God himself begins to. In fact, he suffered in all things, tempted in all things, yet without sin. He suffered in all things so that he might be able to understand what it's like and to be a priest, a high priest of all times. You see, I happen to have a praying father and a praying mother, which blessed me. For my mom, it wasn't always the case as far as her bringing up. She was saved as a young person, a younger person, before she met my father as a result of a church plant that happened in her community. You see, but my father was influenced by his father being a praying grandfather. And it goes on. You see, parenting starts with the Heavenly Father. And parenting starts right in the home. Parenting and teaching the children to learn to know God starts right down to the basic thing right at the home. Parenting starts when the father speaks to his children with respect and with love. Parenting happens when we're walking along the way and we see something and we begin to explain. We have a teaching moment. We begin to 
begin to pour into the child's imagination, begin to speak uh, a blessing on them, like as if they could do this, they could become great in this. You could see their talent, you could see their giftings, you could maybe see their they're, they're thinking in themselves that I could never be that. But the Father is saying, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you begin to uh, push back the enemy through the power of his Holy Spirit and through the prayer life. And many times, I'm sure, because of my mom and dad's prayers, I was kept from harm and from making wrong choices. Well, you say, you just make it sound so easy. Wasn't it always easy? But parenting is about a lot, a lot of forgiveness. As a father has compassion on his child, as a father has compassion on his son, how many times we've blown it, and we we don't want to care to admit, but we come back to the father, and he welcomes us. We come back as a prodigal son. We may have drifted. You see, this verse is describing. This is something they get if they can get it when they're young. It's going to stick with them. They may they may stray. The child might stray because we're coming to a place that that eventually the child, as he has a will of his own, will make his own choices. And mom and dad is not always going to be there. And as a parent, your desire is that will they make the right choice when nobody else is around? That's a concern as a young parent or a grandparent. And we see the stuff that's going on, the things that the world is pushing towards for us to somehow have the abundant life. But the abundant life that Jesus talked about is not necessarily the abundant life that the world describes. You know what I mean? The abundant life is just peace within. The abundant life is have the assurance of our salvation. The abundant life is knowing that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. The abundant life has to do with being able to walk and see the difference between right and wrong. You know, we can be blessed by many blessings and we turn them back to God and we realize this is from the Lord. And so we learn to walk in in the home. We begin to take on respect uh, for one another. Respect is modeled. Respect needs to be modeled in the home. Teachers struggle more more than we can probably imagine in, in the schools these days because the respect issue is not at the home. And so therefore the respect is not, not in the place of authority. But we called by God, we called upon the Lord to train up a child in the way he should go. What is it that makes a child want to do what's right? We should ask the question, why is it that a child wants to do what's wrong? Here's the answer, because we're born into sin. We're born with the nature to sin. All of us have been have been given the same problem. You know what that is? Sin nature. But thanks be to Jesus who helps us have a new nature, have a new heart. Not to say that we're going to be perfect, but to say that we're going to walk not in our own strength. We're not going to walk what we, in our own, you know, 
We're not going to feed our flesh, but we're going to feed upon the words of God. And see, little children are just sometimes can lead the way. I can see a picture right now. Austin's teaching the little children in the nursery right now. And what a precious sight. You, you don't, can't see it like I can, but it's a precious thing. Little children can learn very quickly at a young age. And they begin to absorb the stories, the biblical truths. They begin to learn what, what it was all about. What's, uh, many of our children in our world today don't have a clue. Well, who's Noah? Who's Abraham? Who's Moses? Who's Jesus? You see, what a privilege as a church, as a family. What a privilege to talk about the things of God and instill within the children. This is what we do. This is how we, this is what God's like. To walk with God is to bring an example to who God is. How do you train? You train by loving God first yourself. And the child sees there's something genuine about your faith. The child sees there's something real about your faith. Because dad praises the Lord, I want to praise the Lord. Because mom prays, can I pray like that? Because grandma and grandpa believe and they walk and they're... They're at peace, and we love to go to Grandma and Grandma's house because we always feel good. They always so encourage us. That is training up a child in the way he should go. He will not get that. He or she will not get that in the world. In the world offers so many things that look glamorous and looks so good on the uh, looks so good for a season. Looks so seems so so right, and and all of a sudden. As the prodigal son was down eating, and and he was he was empty, he was hungry, he was he had wasted it all, and then he remembered his father's home, and I will go back, and I will have, even if I have to be a servant, it will be a whole lot better than this. You see, he starts in the home, moms. You play a big part in raising your kids, a huge part. We're going to celebrate Mom's uh, Day next Sunday. I think it is next Sunday, right? The fathers, we'll get to them later. But it's, it's, it's a huge thing. When the parents speak blessing, well, what do I mean by that? When the parents believe in their children. When the parents see good in their children. I'm not saying they're always perfect and they do everything right. But there's something about staying in prayer and being patient with the kids until God gets a hold of them. And here's my next point. We go from the home to the heart. Because someday the child grows and that child's going to start to make their own decisions. And if it hasn't got it hasn't got into their heart, then they're going to begin to flounder. 
And when you get to the college age and we get to the college campuses and so often we're hearing the statistics that many of the kids fall away because of the things they hear in instruction. Listen, that don't have to happen. That don't have to happen because if the child gets it into their heart. And how does that happen? How do we get kids to get it in their heart? Listen, it goes back to this. You have to have it in your heart first. It has to be real in your heart. And listen, you may not know all the Bible stories. You may not have all the verses, you know, memorized. And some, to a degree, memorizing Scripture is, is very valuable, very great, very huge. But it has to get from the head into the heart. And we begin to recall, we begin to walk with God because we want to instead of because we, eh, we have to go. We just have to go to church every Sunday, don't we? You know what I'm saying? What a wonderful transition. When you see your child wanting to serve God because it comes from their heart, not because of someone telling them this is what you need to do. Listen, we've got to keep squaring off with being first. The doing will take care of itself. If we will put ourselves before the Lord and say, here I am, here I am, just as I am, I come to you, just as I am, my heart, uh, as Jeremiah said, is just sick. It's sick. It's just it's deceitful. It's oftentimes just not where it needs to be. Proverbs says to watch over your heart with all diligence from, from it flows the springs of life. Watch over your heart. The heart, the heart is the main part of us that makes it, our will up and it has to do with what, what, what we really want to do. Is our heart in it? Or am I just doing it out of routine? And so the scripture says to let a man examine himself and see if you're in the faith. Boy, that speaks to every age. <laughs> let a man examine himself. And so the heart, you know what? When God's in your heart, you have a good heart. There's a lot of good-hearted people, but they just need the Lord to make them even better. So sometimes we just, we're just set close from the understanding that could get in our heart. You know what God said to David when he wanted to build a temple? He said, do that which is in your heart. Go and do all that's within your heart. But God said, you can't put it together because the circumstances of your life, because of what you've been, a man of bloodshed. He, he had rules, he had boundaries. But listen, this is what I'll let you do. You gather the materials. And David went out. He didn't say, well, if that's the case, I'm not going to do anything. He didn't say that, did he? He began to gather the material because this is what was going to happen. God would transition the leadership to his son. Listen, there will be a day when you have to transition the responsibility onto your children. Responsibility transition. And when God is working in the hearts, there is a want to instead of a have to. I get you to do this because 
God put it in my heart. And that's what I back up to, the calling from God. Oh, my goodness, when I looked at myself, when I look at my own strength, I said, oh, I can't, I can't do that. I can't speak, I can't. I'm afraid of the crowd, I'm afraid of this and that. I'm not very good at this. But wait a minute, God is saying, if I've called you, I'm going to help you. And because it's in your heart, put it, get God begin to make me want to. It's a difference. A surrendering. We go from the home. I was so blessed growing up. Didn't know how blessed I was. Didn't know how blessed I was. What do you mean by that? Because I had a mom and dad. I just got along for the most part. I had very, very little. Uh, once in a while, dad would speak his mind. Most of the time, mom spoke for him. You know, dad was quiet. But there was something about my dad. If it really got in his spirit, then he would speak it out. It was almost like God would anoint him what to say. And then he'd say, I feel like I could get to preach. He would say that. And we were just thinking, wow. And so something that stems back of a personal relationship. My dad had a secret prayer place. Oftentimes I would overhear him off in a bedroom somewhere. I'll tell you what. If you sense that there's a realness stemming from your parents, it begins to bring to light more of what God is saying about He's the Father. And begin to understand it's not just about something we do because it's Sunday. It's not something we do because it's Wednesday, but it's something we do on Monday and Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's because of who we are. Because our heart is in the right place with God, therefore our actions begin to play out. There's a story in the Old Testament that is talking about a, a woman. Her name was Hannah. And she was distraught because she couldn't she wasn't, the baby wasn't coming. And they would go to the temple. And to make matters worse, there was a second woman involved in the marriage. And don't ask me why this was the way it was then. She would dig at her and provoke her and accuse her. There's a reason. You must, you know, be something really bad. And those, I'm paraphrasing. And it provoked her. And she was in so much distress that as they were at that temple, she was praying. She was agonizing. And her lips, it wasn't a word, wasn't any sound, but her lips were moving. She was in prayer. And the priest says to her, when are you going to put away your wine? Misunderstood. It's not the first time the church has been accused of being drunk. Remember? The book of Acts. 
on the day of Pentecost. And they all spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them the utterance. Listen, thank God, God hears your heart. When the priest couldn't read it, when the rivalry was against her, she would turn to God. And the rest of the story is she came back with the son. And so she dedicated. She was so thankful. She made a deal with God. If you give me a son, I'll dedicate him to you. And so thus, we had Samuel born, who become a prophet of God. And there's an interesting story. Read First Samuel through several verses, several chapters. And you'll read the story about Samuel. The child grew. The child stayed right with the priest. And he learned how to minister under the mentor, Eli. One night, Samuel hears a voice, Eli, or he, he hears Samuel. He runs, Eli, did you call me? No. Go back to sleep. Second time, third time, finally you discern the Lord is speaking to you. And the scripture says, Samuel had not yet learned the voice of the Lord. Huge. Huge. Listen, our children are learning to hear the voice of God. What will take them through the thickets of life, through the temptations, they have learned to hear the voice of God. It would not be their parents that are saying, son, daughter, you shouldn't be doing that. It'll be the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, son, daughter, you need to stay. Come to me. Isn't that a huge lesson? Listen. Sometimes as parents, we're afraid to let go. The day will come when we let go. And this is what we become. A parent that is cared for them to a parent that cares about them. This difference is that, you know, you let the transition go. And see, the last point is, is that we need to go from the home to the heart to, and I just, for another word, it starts with H. I said to come to him. And the him stands for lordship. When the kids are raised in a home where they've had a chance to hear, and then they make the choice to get the Lord, ask the Lord in their heart, and to walk with him, there's another Another part of this, that it gets past the heart, where it gets into their spirit, and it becomes the, the force that keeps them close to the Lord because he is Lord. And then it goes on to, I am no longer my own. And it's a huge thing and a wonderful thing to see into lordship. The Lordship. I wrote it down in my little notes. How that, you know, I was, I haven't spoke for a few weeks, and I, I wrote out my message, and then I, I, I needed more pages, for some reason. Lordship has to do not what I want, but what He wants. 
The Lordship has to do with not my will, but what is your will. Lordship has to do with remembering that it is God's gift and privilege for me to serve. Ah. It doesn't matter what's in it for you. Because you're already content and you're secure with God in you. You see the difference? Easier said than done. Listen, Paul, in his ministry, Paul, you know, is a great man of God. He wasn't always that way. I remember Joe's message last week. Listen, God sees us. The beginning to the end. And he's not through with you. You may not be there yet. Or you as a parent are wondering, will this child ever make it? You would never say that in front of them. But you talk with God. You're concerned about your son or your daughter. You maybe see some traits, you see some weaknesses, but listen, you keep believing in them. Parenting is like gardening. How many like to put a garden in sometimes? You've got to put the seed in, and you've got to nurture. There's got to be the water, the sun takes its toe, the ground has got to be prepared. Then the, the, the seed begins to grow, then it begins to be cultivated, the need to get the weeds out. How many know there are always going to be weeds trying to crop up in your heart? You don't have to plant seeds to grow weeds. Ooh, that, where did that come from? You don't have, it's in the ground, right? Because of the curse. But if you want the fruit, if you want the harvest, you keep on planting. You keep on sowing. You keep on forgiving. You keep on guiding, training, correcting, blessing. Blessing people when they... You'll, you, I'll tell you, I, I watched Cal this last week. Good stuff. It's all good stuff. Don't panic. He is a guy that can go to a restaurant to a complete stranger and make them feel like they're the greatest servant in the world. It's like, yeah. And just compliment them up one side and down the other. You see, our youth are starving for someone to believe in them. When everybody else has walked out on them, turned their back, told them that they're no good, there's some homes that you can't describe. I have no clue. It's a wonder they'll even make it. You see, we have a responsibility as a church to somehow be the parents to a degree to children that don't have a chance. We're so excited about the Belize missions trip. They're going to have a chance to impact the kids that don't have a lunch. They don't get a lunch at their school. We're going to have a new cafeteria, and they're going to have a meal, and they're going to go to the church, and they're going to rub shoulders with people who care about 
that's going to make a difference. Friends, this is a huge assignment from the Lord. It's a huge assignment. He says to love, love me first. Love me with all your heart. It sounds so simple. But let, let me assure you, it, we love God. And sometimes we can coast. Sometimes we can slack a little bit. And pretty soon, if we're not careful, a little weed will try to start poking its head up. And we must just get it out, root it out. And the Word of God and your prayer life can help you with that. And the fellowship of other believers, men being with men, women being with women. Wherever you can grow in your, your faith. That's why we have small groups, Sunday school classes. That's why we believe it. there's a need for everyone to get connected with God, connect with each other, and to begin to discover what is your purpose? What is God calling you to do? 